Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Tucker's been around a long time. He's a professional, knows how to go about his business. I don't know anybody that hit the ground running as fast as him that maybe I've ever managed. When he signed with us, I mean, he's watching video of all the pitchers and talking, calling, wanting to be on the pitching group text. And he's all in, man. That's the one thing. He's all in on that pitching group. And that's a really comforting feeling for me. Cubs manager David Ross talking about Tucker Barnhart. When we talk about the Cubs in spring training, it's brought to you by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. Tucker Barnhart joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Tucker, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You bet. Anytime, guys. I think, Tucker, now we have to start with where Rossi left off. You're in on the pitching group thread. What's going on in there? What's said? Anything good? Uh, you know, it's 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 pretty uh, it, it's good. <laughs> There's a lot of guys going back and forth. Um, input uh, where we should all go to dinner later on in spring training as a group. Um, the conversations tend to uh, trend away from baseball, which is good <laughs> sometimes. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be a part of this uh, this franchise and this organization. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. As pitchers tend to do, I think. That's that's kind of where I was going with it. Appreciate it. You bet. So what made you want to be a Cub? Well, first and foremost, um, I, I'm from Indiana. I'm from Indianapolis. I lived there. I was born and raised there. Um, playing in the Midwest, I've been very fortunate in my career to, uh, to do so uh, with the Reds, Detroit, and now in Chicago. Um, I love being close to home. I have two boys uh, that are that are approaching uh, school ages, and so being able to be close to them and close to home um, is, is awesome. Um, I, I I've loved Chicago uh, my entire my entire career playing there, playing at Wrigley. Um, the environment, the atmosphere was was a huge huge reason. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to Go Cubs Go and uh, and be happy to hear it instead of the opposite, as I've been in my career. Uh, up till now, uh, but just everything that they're about, the, the moves that they've made, that we've made this offseason uh, to bring in guys like Dansby and, and, and Haas, uh, J-Mo, all, all these guys that, that, are, that have won in their careers. Um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm pumped to be a part of, of the guys that were already here in Chicago and then the, the additions that we've made. I think it's, uh, we, got, we have a great group of guys, a lot of ball players that just want to play baseball, have fun, and and win games, and, and, and I'm looking forward to that. I think you're in a very good perspective place, too, because you came from a Reds team where you saw the the ebbs and flows of, of the talent, you know, knowing in the past what they had had and then knowing what they're going through right now, kind of getting a good vantage point of the Central staying in the division. What is your opinion of how the Cubs have built the team and then their their long-term direction, knowing how the Central division is somewhat changing a bit? Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, where we're at right now, currently, I, I very much of of the belief that you don't bring guys in like Dansby and Eric Hosmer and Cody Bellinger and the guys that we that we brought in that have won uh, just about everywhere they've been. Uh, if you're not focused on winning, uh, we're obviously in, in a in a position where we have young guys that we're going to count on and that we're going to ha- hopefully ha- have them develop into into really good players at the major league level. But uh, along with that, I think we have the makings of a lot of veteran guys, Jan Gomes, 
um, that that are ready to win, that are really focused on winning, um, and then obviously helping the young guys kind of develop as well. But uh, the direction, in my opinion, at least at the, it, off the top, is ready to win and ready to win now. It, w- is that the 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 expectation outside of our clubhouse um, on MLB Network and, and other and other areas? Maybe not. Maybe they don't think we're going to play as well as we are. But I. I feel like we have a group that's going to uh, surprise a lot of people, not including ourselves. We expect expect to make the playoffs and expect to play very well, um, but maybe surprise some people with how well we're going to play. I also think that there's a defined direction as far as the importance of run prevention and talking about the importance of up the middle. That starts with you. you know, catcher, pitcher, batter, and then behind you, the middle defense, and then the importance of center field. What have they told you about that? And how have you seen that take shape so far over spring training? Yeah, you know, we, it was it's very obvious to me um, that what direction um, at the big league level that, that we're trying to go. And I think, and I, I'm a firm believer that in order to sustain winning for long stretches of time, you have to be able to withstand your, your offense the peaks and valleys of the season that are inevitable. And I think the way that you do that is by playing very high quality defense and pitching. Um, And I think that it's, that it's very obvious uh, what that, that there, that the Cubs have put a a, a big uh, part of their organization or their assets towards that. And uh, it's nice to be coveted as a defensive player. I've always played that way in my career um and it's just it's really nice we haven't had a ton of conversations um about pitching and defense i just think that it's that's very clear um how the organization feels about that and how they think that that's going to help us win cubs catcher tucker barnhart joining us here on the score there's a lot of new rules tucker how how, how are you handling it behind the plate Oh man, <laughs> how much time you got? As much as you need. <laughs> Whatever you need to vet, yeah. Because I know that there was there was even a situation where you would call timeout and and the umpires yeah. were like, you can't do that. So so what's this been like? There's a lot of nuance to it. Um, there's much much more than just a pitch clock, uh, than just having to be in the box as a hitter um, at a certain point and the pitcher having to throw a ball at a certain point. There's very there are there. Quite a bit of layers that that are that are not being talked about, maybe as much as the obvious. Um, so, so to your to your point or your, the example that you use, it's actually happened to me twice now in back to back games, um, where I guess the rule now, as I'm learning, is that when the pitcher's on the mound with nobody on base, they by stepping off, the pitcher can't reset the clock. Now, if there's somebody on base the pitcher can step off and reset the clock. It's just considered a disengagement or a, uh, or a pickoff attempt in which you only get two. Um, so the, the problem that I've ran into is I see the clock running down and naturally my instincts are to call time and hopefully reset the clock. But in both events or both examples, there's been nobody on base. And so the clock doesn't reset, even if I were to try and call time therefore leading to a ball so yesterday was was a tough one for me to swallow I mean it is clearly spring training uh, but it ended up being ball four um, and giving uh, Rowan Wick Wick a walk uh, instead of the opportunity to to get to get the hitter out so 
it's uh it's been a lot um there's a lot of conversations that we've had in terms of trying to figure out how to maybe circumvent the rule a little bit not break it but maybe buy our guys some some time myself included after running to back up first base everything just just seems kind of sped up right now and i think obviously we'll work through the kinks of that and uh and figure out what we what will work for us uh but right now it's a little bit of an adjustment for sure well and then we see what happens pretty publicly the red sox game that was tied and then ends up being a pitch clock error that decides it it's only spring training but how much of that sits with players like you especially being a catcher well, I'll be honest with you, and, and to be very blunt, it worries the hell out of me, <laughs> to be honest, that there's, I mean, there's so many things that that every player, myself included, are thinking about during a game, what, what pitch to call, what location to throw it to, hopefully, is, is the runner going to steal, is the hitter going to swing, what's the score, like, there's so many things that, that, that I'm thinking about behind the plate, that it adds a whole different element when you're having to re to think about rules that have been played a certain way or a game of a game that's been played a certain way for hundreds of years. Um, I think ultimately the pitch clock is good. Uh, I, I will say that. Uh, however, it, it worries me that, that a, a fate of a season potentially could be decided on a, uh, on a pitch clock violation. And what we're, what we're seeing and what we're realizing is that, these clocks are, are being manually operated. And so not saying that it's going to happen, but potentially there could be some error in terms of when the clock started or, or not started that could either A, give a team more time or give a team less time. Uh, and if that's in a crucial, crucial situation, I mean, that could potentially determine a season. So I, I, I just hope, uh, my hope is that there's some feel um, to this from umpires. Um, hopefully that it's being kind of policed very strictly in spring training to kind of try and get uh, teams used to it. Uh, but hopefully in a situation where a game's on the line, uh, maybe there's an element of feel that's, that's applied that, that will let the, uh, or allow the players to kind of dictate the ending of the game versus uh, a clock. Tucker, what's your personal philosophy on pitch framing and how did you develop framing? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's been a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I, I came uh, into professional baseball in 2009 um, not talking about pitch framing really at all. Um, it, it, the craze of pitch framing has kind of really taken shape, I would say, over the last uh, 10 years probably is, a, is probably a long period. Maybe at, at the, um, I would say five years is probably more accurate. Um, and so I've had to I've had to evolve as a as a catcher as a pitch framer. My mechanics have changed a little. Uh, we're trying daily to figure out different stances uh, behind the plate that kind of help you uh, put yourself in a better position to to catch balls more consistently and and present them to umpires better. Um, so it, it's been an it's an ever changing piece for me that that I'm trying to get better this year I'm working on a right knee down stance so if, if I'm behind the plate and you see my right knee on the ground that's new for me um, and but it's from our numbers and talking with Craig Driver he, he believes that I'm gonna it's gonna make me a better receiver and at the end of the day the more strikes you can get for your pitchers the better they're gonna be and the better we are gonna be as a team so I'm trying to figure out as, as many ways that I can uh, help our guys out as possible.
I appreciate you bringing up the data piece of this. What do you think of maybe your impressions so far of Cubs Pitch Lab or how they're working with pitchers? And then also the data that you've been presented. There's been a big emphasis on that this season. Well, I think it's phenomenal. I, I really do. I, I, I think that turning a blind eye to, to analytics or to numbers or data is kind of naive, especially in today's game. Um, I think there's a, there is a fine line, in my opinion, as far as too much data. Um, however, I think that there there are facts in numbers very clearly, and and if there's a there's something that that you're trying to get better or you need to get better at that, that a, there's a consistent number that's showing you that hey this is a little bit lower or a higher than it should be here's a, a plan in order to to help fix it I, I think that's that's huge and I think the the Cubs have done a phenomenal job especially early on in camp before games started there were guys thrown in our pitchers lab that have high speed cameras and. 17 different computers and TVs that, that are showing certain biomechanics and things like that, that if guys want to dive into that, they can. And, and uh, if they want to stay away from it, the, they, the Cubs are very, they simplify things for you to, to help you just give you something very small that'll help you make you a better player. And I think that in, especially in today's game with there being a number for everything, I think it's huge. And uh, there's really, to me, it seems like we have every bit of technology that's that's out there. I haven't been around anything that that we don't have, and it's uh, it's a super cool thing uh, to see, and it and it it'll help develop our players for sure. All right, Tucker, you talk about truth in numbers. We were having a discussion on the show. Now I'm I'm a five foot nine man, okay, and I was saying how how. See, okay, so so look, he's already into it. Or I'm eleven in the program, though. Yes, yes. So I, I, was, I fought hard for those two inches my entire career. So five eleven on the scoreboard. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you because I'm on your 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 baseball reference page, and it says five eleven. And what did I say, I'm Layla? Guys who are five nine always say they're five eleven, and guys who are five <laughs> ten say they're six feet tall. A hundred percent. I think my dad, my dad is truly 5'11", and he's the only guy I've ever heard say I'm 5'11". So <gasps> the I, only I one? Fought tooth and nail. I fought tooth and nail with our, our media relations people in Cincinnati when I was a young, a young guy in the major leagues to get that number to 5'11". I go into the weight room, and every spring training, I'm standing on my tiptoes trying to get another inch or two in height. So I fought hard for that 5'11". I'm going to keep it. Are you hanging upside down or something to try like decompress yeah. the spine? Now? Inver- I'm inverted. I'm, I'm inverted. Trying all kinds of tricks. I hang. I hang on like our pull up bars. Just to see if I can, it'll make me taller. <laughs> Tucker, you are a delight, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's talk again soon. You bet, guys. Anytime. I'd love it. Thank you very much. And thank you for updating us on the rules. That's really big for fans to know. For sure. I hope I didn't get too much into the weeds. No. We like the weeds. That's, this is the place. We are all about getting into the weeds, man. Uh, continued good health and uh, good luck the rest of the way, sir. I appreciate it. I'll see you all in Chicago.